The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett. It's up, it's up, it's up, it's up, it's up. Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit. Ben on Twitter. On with me, of course, is Bradley South, former Ole Miss offensive lineman, eight-year NFL vet. Today's guest on the Modern Woodman phone line is Henry Lartigue, former Ole Miss catcher, now returning to Ole Miss as a student assistant for the baseball staff. So Henry's coming up in just a little bit. But Brad, what's up, man? How you doing? What's up, man? Just coming off a good little Fourth of July weekend. Was um, spent a little time with a buddy of mine up in Chattanooga. And I'm now out in Dallas for 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 a doctor's appointment. Oh, a doctor's appointment. That sounds ominous. You okay? Yeah. Well, whenever you get um, about a year after you're done, you could like to have a full body examination by the NFL. So um, going out to they send you they send you to random places too. So they sent me out to Dallas, and uh, it's kind of one of those things where you check your medical records, check all your injuries, get an evaluation, and then um, you know they kind of kind of go from there and see if you need anything fixed. Um, while you know while, while you're still young so um it'll be fun it'll be cool to see what they say why don't you go ahead and go over to jerry world do a workout actually get on the cowboys like i've been trying to get you to do for years and that way i can come see some games for free <laughs> no i don't know man i don't know if i could if I, if I could pull that one off okay fine do you think you could play still um yeah i think i could i think i think i really i think i really could play um probably more o-line than, than tight end that was that was a little bit tough but um, yeah, I think I could probably still play. I just don't know that the um, the interest is, is there. Well, a lot's going on right now in Ole Miss football, believe it or not, because this is usually, and pretty much is, the dead period for news. But some things have happened for Ole Miss football that we're going to get into. First, if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review, talk of champions in iTunes. And when you do, leave a five-star review. I haven't seen a review since April, so I want to review. One review, and make sure it's five-star. Say whatever you want. Ben, you're an asshole. That's fine, as long as it's five stars. Also available in SoundCloud and wherever you get your podcasts, just simply search Talk of Champions in Spotify, Amazon Music, Stitcher, you name it. We're there. Just simply search Talk of Champions. I write for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, and affiliate of 247 Sports. Ole Miss got a big commitment over the weekend. As first reported by David Johnson, my coworker at the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, and affiliate of 247 Sports, Ole Miss is picking up an offensive line transfer from Utah, Orlando Umana. And I don't know if you've gotten a chance to look at the film or anything on this kid, but now that you've seen the news, now that you've talked to some people about him, let's carry this story out even further. How big of a pickup is this for Ole Miss football? Well, I think, I think um, it, was, it was an area of need. I think they needed some kind of lineman. I think they either needed a center or a tackle. And the reason being is I think that, um, you know, I, I think they really wanted Ben Brown at guard. Um, I, th- I think, and I think Ben wants that as well, cause that's what he's projected to play at the next level. And, um, he, he's more suited for that. And he played better when he was at guard. So th- this kid coming in from Utah, I think, I think he's an immediate, I think they're, I, I know they're banking on him being the starter and, um, you know, having Ben Brown and Caleb Warren at, um, at guard. So, um, yeah, I, th- I think he, he, he provides a, um, a true center type guy in there. And then, um, you know, it frees up a spot for, for a Ben Brown type of guy to come in. And I mean, I, th- I think that that really improves our O line. It does. And David Johnson actually floated 
or broke the news, is probably the best way to put it, on this podcast last week that Ben Brown was moving back out to guard. And the thought was Caleb Warren would be the starting center and Jalen Cunningham would be the starting left guard. But now Caleb Warren shifts to guard where he's probably more natural, but you had to find a center in the portal. But you're right. I think a lot of us thought that the target for them as far as offensive linemen, if they were going to add an offensive lineman in the portal, was at tackle. But here, you still lengthen your group. And that's the most important thing. You don't try to stick to a position necessarily. You don't just go reaching for a guy because we need a tackle. You go find the best possible candidate just to lengthen your group. And it seems like this is exactly what this guy does. Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, I I think you can look at it both ways. You either bring in a tackle and, um, you know, maybe – maybe move a guy down to guard or you bring in a center, move a guy out to guard. And then you, that leaves Cedric Melton as your, as your swing tackle. So, um, that, that, that doesn't, that forces it, that makes it where he doesn't force to play guard. So, um, yeah, e- either way, a- adding one veteran O-lineman, um, I know they're really wanting to shoot for a center, um, put potentially a tackle, but they got, they got a guy they think is going to be their starting center. So, um, that's, that, that, that to me is, um, is huge for, for Ben Brown's career. And I know with him, you know, going into his last year potentially. And, um, I think it's it's one of those things where it's it's best for the player to be a guard. Umana earned honorable mention all Pac-12 honors at Utah Center as Utah Center during the 2019 season. So he's got production, past production in his um, career that can certainly play as far as building and constructing your offensive line. And like you said, the coaches believe they've just picked up an immediate starter along the offensive line. And if you're Matt Corral, this is exactly what you wanted. Not that Ole Miss wasn't going to be good as an offensive line because it still returned the core of what they had last year, save for Royce Newman, which was a big loss. Make no mistake, Royce Newman was a tremendous offensive tackle, fourth-round pick of the Green Bay Packers, but still they returned four of five, and they were really productive last year. You still felt like they were one guy short, and you could see that in spring. In the spring, they were using Jalen Cunningham and Cedric Melton as starting guards and Cedric Melton when you look at his body type and how he plays he's not really fit particularly for the interior so now this allows him to be like you said a swing tackle the backup for a Nick Broker and how they go about constructing their offensive line depth yeah absolutely I mean I I think this 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 really helps him out um yeah and Melton's one of those guys you I mean you could put him at guard but man he he'd be better suited to to kind of get ready for if broke release which I I'm fully expecting to probably be gone after this year um to kind of get some reps and kind of stay out there at tackle and get comfortable and be a, be a guy that can step in next year so yeah this is huge this is good news um you can never have too many O-linemen you can never have too many D-linemen um it's certainly fired up about it I know I know the staff's pretty fired up about it as well and um I mean he he looks like a solid lineman yeah, because Jeremy James was always thought to be the guy that was going to kick out to right tackle to replace Royce Newman. I know that they considered a number of other guys because Jeremy James was really good at guard, but once you start to factor in that Ben Brown wanted to move back to right guard, and I think that's where they wanted him to be anyway because that's his dominant position. Now, Jeremy James, what can you do? Oh, you can be a swing guy. Not that Ole Miss couldn't go with a Ben Brown or somebody in an emergency as a tackle, but this really just brings the room together. It's like the Big Lebowski, the rug that brings the room together is this potential starting center for Ole Miss in Orlando Umana, who played in 40 games during his career at Utah with 26 starts. 22 of those starts came at center, four were at left guard. This is exactly what you look for in the portal. My question, though, is will it be the last addition in the portal? Um, I don't know, man. I mean, I, I think that this is one of those cases where the guy came available and they went after him and there was just a spot for him. And you know, who, who knows who comes available coming forward. But um, I, I would expect there to maybe be one more. I know they're you know, searching for a tight end potentially. and um, But I think they're being patient, man. I mean, they're patient here and they end up picking up a quality O lineman. So, um, it's kind of one of those things. Well, I think we got enough to win already, but anything extra would be just, um, you know, be icing on the cake. But yeah, I, I think they're being patient. Just if, if something pops up or we'll take them. But, um, you know, if not, there's, there, there, there's nothing else that that's going to potentially everything else going forward would just only make us better. I don't think there's a, there's a dying need. I know, I know they're pretty high on the, the freshman tight end. I've talked to a tight ends coach and he, um, he, his, his quote was, Hey, that's what they're supposed to look like. That's what they're supposed to move like. So, um, they're pretty high on him, so I would expect if we don't get a transfer, you'll see that kid out there a lot. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's it, it'll be cool. We'll be, I'll be interested to see what we do going forward. Almost landed Missouri transfer wide receiver Jalen Knox. He's a walk-on, however, and he has academic work to do. He won't be eligible this year, so you can't count on him. And when you look at the needs, we're talking about July 6th now. 
I thought by now they would have added at least three guys, and that they've added one really, and Jalen Knox is two, but he's not going to count towards next year and what they're trying to do. So I'm just curious, what is the deadline? Is there a deadline? Because you still see guys entering the portal right now. I wouldn't be shocked to see them add a defensive lineman. I wouldn't be shocked to see them add a tight end. I don't know exactly what they're going to do, but I think now we can pretty much surmise what their strategy is. And that strategy is if it's a really good player we believe can truly impact winning, can step in and potentially start, that's the kind of guy we're going to go pursue. Trey Berry was one of those guys, but there was mixed or maybe split opinions about Trey Berry in that room in regards to whether or not he could be an impact tight end. Now, you and I both believe he could be, but I'm a novice, you're not. Still, those coaches had split opinions on whether or not Trey Berry could be that answer at tight end if they wanted to use one of those spots, one of those remaining spots on a tight end when they do have some on campus that are capable, including a Hudson Wolf as a freshman who they think, should he be healthy, can really be an impact type of player as a true freshman. So I don't know if tight end is necessarily the need we think it is if all guys are healthy and all things are equal. But now when you look at what their strategy is, I think it's coming to clear view now what their strategy is. And that's, is it a player that can impact winning? Isn't just going to come in and add depth. We're looking for impact players because this is an impact player. This is a player they're expecting to start at center. And now we know because it's coming to full view that that's what they're pursuing in the portal. They're not just pursuing guys to pursue guys. They're going after specific guys and a specific archetype as far as what they want in a transfer. They want impact. Yep, absolutely, man. Hey, if you, you're not coming, if they pick you up, you're not coming to sit the bench, and that's that. There's no no bones about that. I mean, they're not just going to pick up a guy and give him a scholarship if he's not ready to go, so or, or, or not able to impact the team. So, yeah, I think that um, I, I think they're being very strategic here down the road, and I think they think they have enough to go out there and win already. Um, so, if you're going to get a scholarship, it's going to be somebody that that can absolutely help the team in, in, a, in a meaningful way. You're not just going to come there to to um, to sit the bench or, or get a spot so not to mention i mean if you, if you don't fill those spots maybe he, he gives those scholarships a couple other guys that potentially walked on or whatever so um yeah i mean i think we're in good position here is this what the new reality is though it's july 6th and we still don't know what the final roster looks like is it going to be one of those things where we're waiting until august 1st or august 2nd to see what the final roster is is this just what it's going to be now Man, I, th- I think it's going to get crazier here, here, you know, the next couple of years. It's one of those things where, um, you know, they, they've made these rules so flexible now. I mean, I, I think that just is what it is. I think you're, there, there's guys that are, um, you know, I, I, I think you got two things happening. I think you got one guys are are going out, and um, some of them may be a little scared to get in the portal because, because like has been mentioned before, you know, there there's sometimes there's not spots available and you get stuck. You know, last minute. So I think a lot of guys look around, look around, and then you know, last minute and jump out there at the end when they know they have a guy, somebody that, 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 you know, could suit them. So, um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I I think this is the new reality and I think it only gets crazier from here. Well, it was crazy last week as far as Ole Miss recruiting and one player in particular has Bradley Sal fired up and that's where we start with the lead. Our lead story tonight, the lead. You idiot. It's the lead. The Lead. The Lead brought to you by Modern Woodman. Are you tired of working 9 to 5 for 40 hours every week just to make money for someone else? Well, our phone line sponsor, Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman, is looking to hire new financial representatives here in Mississippi, and no background experience is necessary. But you do have to be a resident of Mississippi. And what he's looking for is someone who is highly self-motivated and wants to make a difference in the lives of others. A full-time position comes with benefits such as health insurance, a matching 401k, and a pension plan. For more information, feel free to reach out to Thomas through Facebook or his number at 662-296-0186. That's 662-296-0186. Almost got a couple of commitments last week. We record two shows a week, and they post on Tuesday and Thursday, typically post on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Well, Thursday at 9.45 p.m., Ole Miss got his biggest commitment for 2022 to date in Xavier Harris, who shocked a lot of people, including David Johnson, who did a recruit check on this podcast and predicted him to go to Mississippi State, and you couldn't blame him because all of the momentum for Xavier Harris was Mississippi State. All of the crystal ball predictions on 247 Sports were Xavier Harris to Mississippi State, and he commits 
to Ole Miss. And why is this important? He's a defensive lineman, 6'8", 335 pounds, out of Germantown High School, out of Madison, a four-star prospect, the number 26 defensive lineman in the country, and the number four player in the state of Mississippi. He comes in as the number 16 defensive lineman in the nation and the number two player in the state of Mississippi in the 247 Sports exclusive rankings. And you, I know, absolutely love the kid. Yeah, absolutely, man. Listen, if there's one way to build a roster, and I've said this multiple times, it's through the D-line. A good D-line makes makes you better on so many fronts. And, and I just watched this kid, watching some of his film. Um, not only is he a big guy, man, he really gets some push up in the middle. He's 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 unblockable on film, and he's he can, and he can absolutely move for being that big. So all I picture is uh, is is him and Taiwan Malone as a sophomore and junior. I mean, that's, that's as Alabama D line as it gets with those two guys in the middle. So, um, I think you got your two, your two pieces to build around with, especially with some of the guys in secondary as well. Plus these, these two D linemen, um, man, that, that should, that should, that should really bod well in recruiting. And, and it, it, to me, if I'm another D lineman out there, I'm going, man, I got, I got the big two already that are young. Heck, heck, let's get a good edge rusher. Let's, let's pair them up with another couple of guys. And, um, man, that, that D line for the future, I'm pretty pumped up about this kid's a real deal. And there's a reason he has a gazillion offers and, and, and by all the big boys as well. So he is, um, he's exactly what you're looking for up the middle. And when you watch his film, he actually, absolutely just, I mean, he just pushes the guys back. I mean, he's, he gets some serious penetration. He committed to Ole Miss over Mississippi state, Alabama, Georgia, LSU, Tennessee, Arkansas, Auburn, Florida state, Indiana, Kansas, Memphis, and Nebraska in early May. He announced the top six of Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Tennessee, Georgia, Alabama, and LSU. To win this recruiting battle is big. This is the type of recruiting battle that you expect a Lane Kiffin staff to win, and it's something we've talked about before. Last year, they put together a top 20 class, not being able to see any of these kids in person. If they can do that, what can we expect out of this group now? And I think we're already seeing the benefits of that, a return to normalcy, with Xavier Harris committing to Ole Miss over Mississippi State, which had many thought all the momentum. Yeah, absolutely, and, and man, it's just a domino effect too. You go out there, a couple things happen. You go out there and win some ball games, and you pick up a, a guy like this that, that that's a big time guy, and maybe another one. Then boom, here you can go. It's just like the 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 Hugh Freeze years when we had, you know, all those top recruits coming in. Well, all it takes is that that one guy to commit, and then all of a sudden, you know. People, people kind of get the buzz like, hey, Ole Miss is, Ole Miss is landing some guys. And you look up and you got you know, four or five of the top guys. So, um, yeah, it's, it's it's one of those things where it's a um, it's, it's big for the program. We get the momentum going and, um, you know, it, it could be a domino effect and you can get quite a, quite a few more guys fall into place here. What is the expectation for you personally? I'm not asking for Ole Miss fans. I'm asking Bradley Sal personally. What is your expectation for where this class could end up, not only in the top 25, but ranked in the West, because even if Ole Miss landed the number 14 class in the country, that could be the number four, number five class in the SEC West. That's just how the SEC West recruiting works. So for you, when you look at their recruiting efforts last year, and now think about a return to normalcy with COVID no longer a factor in regards to recruiting and now getting in-person visits. Now it's a dead period right now, but in-person visits and getting to see these kids and evaluate these kids. What is your personal expectation? You know, I mean, I, I, I think that, that, that honestly, I, I really expect us to have a, a really, really good class this year. Um, I think there's another way to look at it. I mean, we, we did as, as well as we did last year without even seeing the recruits. But I think it's all going to come down to winning. Almost had like this, this little buzz last year. Hey, man, they're getting a lot better. It's a place you can come play quick. Well, I think my expectation is for us to have a winning football team. I, I think that I think we compete this year. And then I think, you know, I, I really expect us to have one of the top classes. I mean, these guys have been out recruiting their tails off. I know that they went for a stretch here. They were in Dallas, Houston, I mean, Atlanta within day. I mean, they're, they're out there on the road recruiting their tails off. And that's only going to help us, especially since we did what we did, you know, last year, not seeing the not seeing the recruits. So I think the realistic expectation, no joke, is is to be a, um, you know, top 15, top top 10 class. And, and that that's, that's going to be the minimum going forward, especially with having a coach like Lane Kiffin. The one thing I really want to see in this class in particular is a couple of really strong, highly coveted, highly ranked edge rushers. Because I think Ole Miss, that's the one area where they've lacked. 
because you remember all of the big time names from the past, like Marquise Haynes and Gintrell Lockett and Greg Hardy, you name it. A number of guys that could get to the quarterback who were fierce and how they got to the quarterback to be able to land a couple of edge rushers, truly impact edge rushers, even if it's a true freshman that just comes in and maybe isn't expected to make the impact that they do. Like a Greg Hardy came in and just set the world on fire. It's easier said than done, but if there was ever a time to do it for Ole Miss in the past handful of years, now is the time to do it. Because if you're adding this interior depth, this interior strength with Tywin Malone, with Xavier Harris, now you start to pair that with some impact edge rushers, and you're starting to talk about being really in business here defensively. Because now we were all thinking, how could they improve defensively? What would really constitute improvement? And honestly, just finishing in the 80s would constitute improvement. But now, after that, thinking after that, forecasting to the future, what is improvement? Well, if you can improve from the 120s to the 80s, that's a huge jump. Now can you go from the 80s to the 40s, high 30s, mid 30s, whatever it might be, that's how you do it with impact talent like this. But you also need edge guys. They, they just haven't added those high-end edge guys that you would like to see them add in the coming classes. Now, Demon Clowney, I'm not writing him off in any way. He was highly ranked, but he was more project simply because of his body type. That's where I would like to see them add another guy or two that is as highly coveted as a Xavier Harris. But everybody wants those guys, right? That's like a quarterback. Yeah, absolutely, man. And then there, there's also guys within, too, that, um, you know, you can you can put in those spots as well and try to develop them. But I think you're right, man. I think that, it, that we're at the point where, um, you know, we need to add a couple edge guys. We, I don't feel like we've had a, a good, legit, you know, edge rush here in the last couple of years. So I, I, I would definitely like to see that. Um, I'd like to I'd like to see some big time O linemen as well, you know, going forward. Um, I'd like to see a couple big time O linemen come in here. We, we kind of got spoiled there for a couple of years having those kind of guys. And um, you know, I, I think uh, O line, D line, man. I mean, let, let, let's to, to be a, to be a Georgia type team, to be an Alabama type team, you want to get the O line, D line looking like those teams. So that's that's where I want to see, and that's where I'd like to see us land some bigger time guys. Okay, so now that they've gotten Xavier Harris, they've gotten the center from Utah, Orlando Umana. Is there any particular position, whether that means for next year's roster or this coming up year's roster or the 22 class outside of edge, which we've just discussed, is there any position in particular where you feel like they have to hit? Um, I think at quarterback. I know that's, that's crazy, to, crazy to say with Luke Galtmeyer on the roster, but I think that um, – I, th I think you should be looking for the next, um, the next guy. You know, I think I think you, you would like to create a competitive environment, just in case he doesn't work out. But I'd like to see them land a decent quarterback this year. And I know they're looking. I mean, they, they've had they've had some guys in town, or some guys that they're hot on. But um, I think you get, you got to get ready for the post Corral era. We're going to where, hey man, let's let's get it. Let's get a, a really good quarterback in here as well that somebody we can look forward to, just in case the Altmaier. Um, you know, you know, doesn't quite pan out, which I'm, uh, I know they fully expect he will. But still, at the end of the day, you want two, two liable options, two viable options in there to, to, to look at. And another thing, too, you can't assume that Arch Manning is going to end up at Ole Miss. Actually, I feel like if you made me guess today, Arch Manning isn't going to end up at Ole Miss. Who knows where he's going to end up? But at the end of the day, I'm not going to be sitting there waiting. I mean, if he comes, cool. If not, we're gonna have somebody else in the, you know, in the barrel Raider role. So there's there's a lot of different quarterbacks you can win national championships with, and certainly you'd like him to be the one. But if not, there'll be there'll be other really good guys that'll be available to play in a lane kiffin offense. You're always quick to say that exact thing. You're not particularly worried about it. If Lane Kiffin's here, Jeff Lebby's here, any quarterback that they sign should be pretty dang good. Absolutely, man. Listen, the people get too hung up on one player. There's a lot of great players out there. Um, there's 32 starting NFL spots. Um, you know, so, I mean, there, there's, there's a lot of players. So, so, I mean, I would love Arch Manning and I hope he comes almost just like every other fan, but to say that, that a team can't win a national title without him or, or can't compete without him is, is crazy. I mean, it, I think there'll be a guy out there and, Listen, man, this is an attractive offense to play for. I, I fully expect Ole Miss to field a very damn good quarterback every year they're out there because, I mean, who wouldn't want to play unless you absolutely light it up in this offense? It's a great offense. It's fun. It's it's very innovative. I mean, dude, we're going to have our options of quarterbacks. At some point, if, if Lane stays and the staff stays together, it's going to be one of those deals where it's going to be, you know, hey, we got to be very picky with who we choose because, you know, there's going to be a lot of guys wanting to come play in this. So, um, yeah, I feel very good about that position going forward. I hope it's Arch Manning one day, but if not, guess what? The next guy that they choose will probably be a damn good player as well. Well, shouts out to Randall Joyner and Marquise Watson for the job they did on Xavier Harris.
both of those guys paying off big time for Ole Miss. Randall Joyner especially in his first year. But Marquise Watson, I think, has proven in two years that dude's a dynamic recruiter. So keeping him on staff, Randall Joyner adding him to the staff, this is a staff of recruiters unlike Ole Miss has seen since Hugh Freeze. And I think collectively, and I'm not just saying this because it's recency bias here, but collectively as a group, I think Ole Miss under Hugh Freeze was more top-heavy as far as its best recruiters. This group, they're all pretty darn dynamic. Like Jake Thornton, for example, he was critical in landing the Utah Center, Orlando Umana. So this is a group that is relentless, knows exactly what they're looking for, and to get Xavier Harris, when everyone thought Mississippi State not only had the leg up, but was just heading toward an inevitable end game with him, him being a Bulldog. Now, they're going to have to fight for him. They're going to have to fight to keep him. That's what happens when you land top-ranked players like this. But to get him committed now... I just think it's a testament to how good this recruiting staff collectively is. Probably, in my opinion, the best collective recruiting staff Ole Miss has had. Yeah, I, I would agree, man. People don't realize that this this Harris kid is legit, man. I mean, it, didn't I read? Doesn't he have a basketball offer from Georgia? Yes, yeah, as like well. That. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, he's six eight, three hundred thirty pounds, and, and is apparently a pretty good basketball player too. So, dude, him, Taiwan Malone, the middle. Good luck. I mean. He, Two guys are going to absolutely terrorize people. It's going to take a minute to get them both here and both up to par. But man, they're that, that for the future. Our middle of our D line should be should be Alabama ish. But the discussion about coaches and quarterbacks coming to Ole Miss leads us into our football fix. Let's play some football. Run right to the back of him. Run right to the middle and out the back. It's time now for football fix what's known in football terms as a slam dunk football fix brought to you by alan samuels chrysler dodge jeep ram of oxford from new and used sales to parts and service alan samuels of oxford aims to provide a truly stellar automotive experience and what separates alan samuels chrysler dodge jeep ram of oxford from every other dealership as Alan Samuels, Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, aims to address each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. Most everyone who's listened to this podcast should know by now. I only vouch for sponsors I truly believe in, and I can't say enough about Alan Samuels, Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. They've been with me for so long, and I myself have bought a car or two, not going to tell you how many, from Alan Samuels, and it's been the best car buying experience possible. So when you go, ask for Brian or Mason, and tell them Talk of Champions sent you. Don't know if it'll help you all that much, but tell them anyway because it's cool for me and it's cool for them knowing that they're getting their money's worth. To take advantage of any one or more of the services Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford provides, be sure to contact them today at 662-234-8000. That's 662-234-8000 to find your next perfect car, truck, or Jeep. It's Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford located at 2201 East University Avenue. That's just past Kroger. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford Let's be friends. We were talking about the coaches and adding quarterbacks. I don't know what big game Boomer is, but they ranked the top 50 quarterback coaches in college football. Number one was Lincoln Riley. Number two, do you want to venture a guess here who was number two? Uh, I, I, it must be somebody we know. Yes, Jeff Levy. Jeff Levy. Jeff Levy. Jeff Levy before Brandon Streeter of Clemson, Kendall Bryles of Arkansas, Mike Yurich of Penn State, Phil Longo. Old friend, good buddy Phil Longo of North Carolina, Frank Signetti of Boston College, John Donovan of Washington, Rhett Lashley of Miami, and Mike Bobo of Auburn round out the top ten. But after Lincoln Riley, Jeff Levy, your thoughts? Um, not shocked whatsoever. Um, Ole Miss is, is very fortunate to have two head coaches on their on their squad this year so, and, and in the past year. So, I mean, I'm not surprised, man. I'm telling you, Jeff is legit. Um, for the most part, I, I know Lane trusts him big time. Um, you know, he, he does a lot for this program. He's, he's kind of the, the guy that glues it all together. Um, you know, so, I mean, he, he's a big time coach. It is what it is. We're lucky to have him. Let's enjoy him this year. Um, I think if all goes well, um, and our offense plays the way it did, there'll be a lot of Jeff Flubby suitors after this season. That's the question. That's the million dollar question right now for me. We talk about keeping the staff together, but really for, for most people, I think, and I count myself among them. Is keeping Jeff Levy. And I think that's going to be a challenge because, again, he's well thought of in the coaching community. 
um, and what he means to Ole Miss. And Lane Kiffin, he's always going to have a good staff. He's one of the best coaches in the SEC, if not the country. But Jeff Levy and what he's meant particularly to Ole Miss, especially in that COVID season when Lane was out of town and Jeff was really running the program by himself, keeping Jeff Levy is going to be tough because last year at the end of the year he was gone. He was gone. I don't want to get into the particulars of it, but he was gone. But now he's here. He stayed. We all think that this is probably his last year. What would it take to make sure that Jeff Levy is an Ole Miss Rebel next year? Well, I, I think that the only way that that he is is if we struggle, and, and that that's something none of us want to see. Um, but I, I just think he's he's just too much of he's just he fits that new coach mold, man. He's younger. He has a lot of energy. He has a good background. He's very smart. Like it's just one of those things where he's he's going to be a hot candidate this year. I think a lot of the reason he returned was the fact that. He feels like there may be a bigger fish to fry if it, um, you know, if things keep going well here. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's going to be really tough to keep him. I think the only way we keep him is if we have a bad year, and um, and, and you don't want that. I, I just think, I mean, just like back in, all, in Ole Miss baseball when they had Dan McDonald and Mike Bianco. I mean, it just is what it is, man. We have a very good coach that's going to be highly sought after, especially if you're coming into Ole Miss, taking Ole Miss into the tops of the nation in offense. I mean, you know, you, some of those bigger schools are going to be looking, going, hey, what can you do with us? So. Um, yeah, I mean, he's just, I, I love the guy. I think he's an awesome coach. It's one of those things, man. We have, we have a great coach here and in order to keep him, I, I just don't know how we do it. You know, I mean, it, unless he decided to stay on his, his own personal note, but I think there's going to be head coach options for him, which is cool. That's what you want in a school like this. That, that's not a negative. Um, people, people shouldn't look at it as a negative. They should look at it as hell. Ole Miss is, is got the right guys in place. We've never in the history of Ole Miss football have had a program that's a positive. It's a positive, and as long as you've got Lane Kiffin, nothing else really matters. It's all kind of immaterial because he's going to hire good coaches as he's done to build the staff that he has. Yeah, if, if, you, have, if you have a big change, that usually means, hey, we, we did something very successful. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's one of those things where you, you're, you're, you, know, you want to get into the position where your program is a program where people are still in coaches and where – you know, you're, you're expecting to reload and have the next man up. So, yeah, you're going to lose Matt Corral, likely, likely Levy. But, you know, if the recruiting is what, what it is, you know, you got guys behind him. And then, you know, Lane's going to keep bringing in quality guys. I mean, he's shown that. Every time a coach leaves, he brings in somebody pretty quality to go with it. And, um, you know, it's just, just one of those things. That, that That's where you want the program to be, as sucky as it is. Lane, I mean, um, Nick Saban has dealt with this for the last 10 years. So um, that, that that's just is what it is. Are you outside right now? Yeah, I had to step outside of my car. My kid was about to start screaming. Oh my God, you're Why really is it, is you're really pushing through. I'm really proud of you. You're pushing through. I'm hearing some sprinklers. I think some kids playing <laughs> in the park, right? And here you are, just soldiering through as a podcaster. We not we don't have much longer left here. But look at you, man, soldiering through. Good for you. It's probably sounding a little weird on the other end, but good for you, man. That's all. Yeah, we had to, man. I mean, you know, kids sleep in the car, we're on the road, so. Um, yeah, getting up screaming, screaming. Nobody wants to hear a screaming kids, so we got four of those. Yeah. Adulting is really hard. Parenting is really different. It changes your whole perspective. But to get back to Ole Miss <laughs> football here, before I let you go, I was thinking about this as well. So yesterday I submitted my predictions for the SEC in 2021, and I'm no expert at all. Tell me if I'm crazy. I put Alabama one because you just got to. They're the king. Until you knock the king off the throne, they're the king. I put Alabama number one in the West. I put Ole Miss number two. Am I just feeling it too much in the summer right now? Well, I mean, you know, when you ask me that, you know what I'm going to say. I, I think that I don't think that prediction's crazy, assuming that the defense gets that much better and our wide receivers are, you know, kind of up to par. And we have some guys from Matt Crow to throw to. I mean, you got you got two two quality running backs, um, I mean, really three quality running backs. Um, it's just all up to the defense, man. And just judging off what I saw in the spring, I think that I don't think you're crazy. I, I mean, I, I don't think that that that, that it, I think I think it's up for grabs. I mean, I, I think there there is no sure number one. You're going to say Alabama's number one because of what they've done in the past, and they have a ton of recruits, and it seems like they do this every year. But I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, who can who can you truly say is the true number two? I think everything's up for grabs, and I think if you look at just based off experience and what we have coming back. Um, that there's no reason not to think Ole Miss can't finish number two and, and can't push to, to win the West. And I know that sounds sounds wild, but just look at our schedule last year with all SEC, all SEC schedule and look at every single game and, and see if we were in every game in the fourth quarter. And we were. We were in every game in the fourth quarter. So you got to assume we're going to be better this year. We lost the least in the West. So 
um, yeah, I mean, I don't think it's crazy. I really don't. Assuming that everything gets a little bit better from the previous year. Now, if our defense is like it was last year, boom, we're six, seven, one team. Period. That's all. That's all it is to it. The signs of summer are here: freshly mowed grass, days in the water at the ballpark, and all the rest on the golf course. Well, that's how we do it over here at Oxford and Ole Miss, anyway. And PXG Golf Apparel is here to make sure you're locked and loaded for round after round at University Course or Oxford Country Club. PXG has taken its mission to create the most high-quality, high-performance golf clubs in the game to their new line of apparel as well. With PXG Apparel, there's something for everyone, from pants, polos, and sweaters to hats, joggers, and skirts. You'll usually find me with a hat on my head, and PXG has nailed the fitted breathable, and my navy goes with pretty much anything. So don't wait another second. Elevate your style game on and off the course with the PXG Spring Summer 2024 Collection. Head over to pxg.com slash TOC and use promo code TOC for Talk of Champions at checkout to save 10% on all apparel. That's pxg.com slash TOC, code TOC for Talk of Champions to save 10% on apparel. PXG, a proud sponsor of the Talk of Champions podcast network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, that's true. I put Kirby Smart as my coach of the year, Georgia to win the East, but Matt Corral as the player of the year in the SEC. He's the easiest pick. When's the last time Ole Miss has had this easy of a pick as far as national and local media picking a player of the year? Eli Manning, of course, could have been that guy. But Matt Corral, when you look at returning guys, everybody loves the quarterbacks more than anybody else. It's easy to just put Matt Corral in as that person. If they win 10 games, obviously he's that guy. Yeah, absolutely. Matt, Matt Crowell's only downfall potentially could be if there's if the receiving core kind of falls off and doesn't really step up and lets him lets him down. But for the most part, if the receivers get better and play well, Matt Crowell should be in that conversation 100 um, percent, which I mean, we, we've seen this many years. We know Alabama or somebody's going to show up out of nowhere. and It's going to be some some random dude that that was a five star three years ago. That's now suddenly a first rounder. So so. We've all seen this before, but yeah, I, I think Matt Corral is, is, is a good pick here. Um, he, he could potentially be that guy. Matt Corral, who's charging $10,000 per hour for an appearance due to the new NIL rules. Get your money, kid. And also, July 20th, EA Sports is supposed to make a big announcement about a returning franchise that has been gone for a while. Well, what does that sound like with the NIL stuff that's going on right now? and now players can get paid for appearing in the game. Are we getting college football back? Because if we're getting college football back, Ole Miss, for a lot of fans listening to this, is about to become a power, a dynasty, for like 10 to 20 years. Yeah, that, 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 would, that would be awesome to get the, the college football game. I think many people listen to this pod, and many of us grew up playing that game. So, yeah, it, it would be neat to get that back. And, and um, you know, it would be cool if they would give the players a little bit of money. I mean, in the NFL, we got a little money for being on Madden which was always nice to get. And, um, yeah, maybe shoot, shoot some of the players a little bit of a little check each year and there won't be any suing or any, any, um, you know, name and likeness issues. And, and you and I could set up a Twitter account and actually play the game. That would be a lot of fun. Sit down, video <laughs> ourselves. Would, it'd be fun. That would be great. I don't think I've played since about 2013, 2012, somewhere in there, but we'll, we'll see if I still got it. I've played every single year. I still got my PS3. And I've still got my last edition of college football, and I've played every single year. Every year. But returning college football, potentially, a big announcement July 20th. That's what I'm most excited about. Okay, before we get out of here, in Ole Miss sports this week, as you're in Dallas, and I'm just throwing this on you, I know you probably haven't prepared for this question, what are you most looking forward to in Ole Miss sports this week? Um, Ole Miss sports this week, I mean, it's... What is, I mean, is, is there anything really going on significant other than maybe no. some, um, yes, yeah, so some camp news potentially, or, uh, maybe some transfer portal news. I, I mean, not, not, nothing crazy going on right now that I'm, I'm super looking forward to just, just kind of want to keep monitoring the football program and see what, um, you know, who we're, who we're looking at, who we're going to pick up just stuff like that. But that, that's about it right now. Yeah. Monitoring the recruiting of Lane Kiffin and staff and SEC media days is coming quickly. It's July 6th, July 20th. Lane Kiffin will take the stage 
in Hoover, Alabama for SEC Media Days. I don't know anybody that gets excited about that, but if you do, hey, that's something to look forward to. But I will say this. I'm going to get ahead of the game here. It is not the official kickoff of the 2021 season. Let's just go ahead and squash that narrative. No matter what the SEC says, it is not the official kickoff of the 2021 season. You went to Media Days. Yep. Um, it, it was fun. It was, it was cool. A lot of interviews. I mean, it, it seemed like a lot at the time because I was, I was younger, but you know, looking back on it, it really wasn't that bad. But the, the funnest part was riding a very small plane with Houston nut, um, all the way from, from, you know, for me, it felt like a long ride, but it was like a little four, four seater. So you had coach nut myself, I think it was Kentrell Lockett and, and, a, good, and a couple others. So that was always fun. Um, riding the plane with him. He's trying to have a normal conversation with him is always interesting. Okay, so Matt Corral is obviously going to go. Give me the other two guys that will go to SEC Media Days for Ole Miss football. Um, who won the Chucky Mullins Award? I think who won the Chucky Mullins Award for us this year on defense? I think Jalen Jones. Yeah, I would maybe maybe him and then uh, maybe a Ben Brown. Maybe, maybe a Ben, ben Brown, Brown kind of guy. Or, yeah, Ben Brown will go. Yeah, or a um, who else do we got? That's, a, that's here's an the older... question. Here's the question. Who is the other superstar other than Matt Corral? I don't know. Do you think Ely, Ely's going? Ely's probably going, yeah. Probably. Yeah, I think so. He's, he's a little young, though. So, well, yeah, I mean, I can see that. But maybe. We'll see. Kiffin's different, dude. He may bring the, he may bring the punter. <laughs> like, like no Kiffin, dude. Like, trust me. There's no telling who he brings. He may bring three walk-ons just to, just to have fun. I mean, there's no telling. I, mean, I, I do expect there to be some funny funny jabs throughout this throughout the media days. I'm trying to think of a defensive player to go, but Jacquez Jones transferred out, so I don't know. Maybe maybe Otis Reese. Otis bring, Reese. Bring Otis, Otis, yes. He's going to end up being a superstar for Ole Miss. Yeah, Otis Reese. He makes a lot of sense. Jerrion Ely actually was ranked as the number two draftable running back by, I think, Pro Football Focus this week. You're just going to have to get over your Jerry on Ely stuff, man, because everybody else loves him. Yeah, I mean, understandable. I, there, I have nothing against Jerry on Ely. I, I do not. I think he's a good player. People have taken that and ran with it. Understandable. I'm just going off what I see and what I know. So he's five foot eight, 190 pounds. I, do I think Jerry on Ely is going to play in the NFL? Yes, most likely. Do I think he's going in the second, third round, first round? No, he's not. So, um, that's, that's just my opinion on it. I mean, I, I do, I think he's a good player. Yeah, but it's, he's not your typical back. He struggles reading the inside zone on film. He struggles with some, with some stuff on film. So I do, do I think he can get better. You gotta think he's only a sophomore. People saying he's going to leave after this year. I, I don't see that. I do not see him leaving as a junior. Well, he's go, a COVID, he's first, a COVID sophomore. So he's really a junior. He's not, but, but he, he's not, if you leave as a junior, you're going in the first round. This is, that used to be the thing to do. Now, I mean, you don't leave after your junior year to go in the fourth round, fifth round. Like you, you leave to. Go, I mean, it just it just happened to to Yeboah. You know, he, you leave to go if you're going high. So I don't see him leaving after this year. I don't think he's that high of a pick. And not to mention running back in general. Um, I mean, the number two running back usually goes in the second round. You know, say, depending on what year that is. Running back's one of those positions where they're just not drafting guys high. Um, but no, no, I, I think he's a good player. I, I think he's got a lot to get better at, but I, I don't think that, um, I don't think he's a leave early kind of guy. And I, I mean, maybe I sound crazy, but I just don't see that. I just love that people have taken you saying that he's not the best running back ever as you hating Jerry on Ely. You've made it clear that you really like Jerry on Ely as a running back, but some just think that, Oh, why does Bradley sell hate Jerry on Ely? You don't hate Jerry on Ely. You just have a different opinion. And that's fine. Yeah, I, why does it I, matter? I, Jer- I don't. I don't get why it matters. I think. I think he's a good player. I think he's a solid player. But but just because I don't think that he is leaving after this year to go in the first or second round, and I don't give a shit what C um, PFF College says. I mean, th- those lists are are some dudes sitting in their basement making lists. I, I just want if you want to sit down and watch the film. Okay, chill out then, now. Pro football focus is really good. Come on now. Now you now you're just knocking me too because I okay. d- completely disagree with you about Jerion Ely, but that's okay. It's okay. okay, but here, think think about this. Okay, so so think about this for for PFF standpoint. Okay, you're ranking football players that yes. aren't playing the same teams or running the same plays or going against the same players. So if you're an offensive tackle and you go against a stretch of guys that aren't very good and you're dominating, you're suddenly the number one tackle. What if you're the offensive tackle that goes against Dwight Freeney, Robert Mathis, J.J. Watt, Von Miller back to back, and you struggle? There's there's no way to rank a player. I mean, it's hard to rank a player unless he's doing the exact same thing. And they know the plays, and he's going against his, doing the. I mean, going against the same guys. It's impossible to rank a player. You can't rank a player. So, so you're telling me a guy can be ranked high that's in a, in a smaller, like a like a D three college, can be ranked at the same level as a dude that's in the SEC. 
you just it's impossible they're not going against the same guy so okay nothing against nothing against pfs but it's for the fans if you okay. want to watch the actual film the actual film room that's uh, and a lot of coaches feel this way as, as well it's 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 for the fans all i'm saying is jerry on ailey is cam Akers, and it only takes one team one to fall in love with him in the second round and i think that's going to happen but we no, never, and, and I agree. Okay. No, 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 I agree. I think Ely can, is going to make it to the NFL. I think he's he's got a lot of talent, but I think there's a lot there. You know, he's only a, he was only a sophomore this past year, so like I think he, there's a lot he can still improve on. I, I just don't see him being like a, a high draft pick this year. You know, I think he he could certainly get better. Maybe he proves me wrong. I just don't see the the um the, him leaving as a junior going to be the a second round pick. I just I don't think he's I don't think he's there yet. I just love messing with you because I know that it just annoys the hell out of you that people have just taken it as oh Brad hates Jerry on Ely. No, you don't. You don't hate Jerry on Ely. You just have a difference of opinion about how good he is. Everybody thinks he's good. It's just a difference of opinion of how good he is. That's all. I love Absolutely. it. Absolutely. He's Bradley Sell, former Ole Miss offensive lineman, eight year NFL vet. We'll be back this week with hopefully Riley Allen, Ole Miss basketball strength and conditioning coach. It sounds like you're enjoying the birds out there, so enjoy the birds. We'll talk soon. <laughs> See you, Ben. Hotty toddy, man. Going now to the Modern Woman phone line to speak to Henry Lartigue, former Ole Miss catcher, now joining Ole Miss baseball as a student assistant. Let's first hear from BNA Bank and Cheney's Pharmacy, two proud sponsors of Talk of Champions. Reason number 12 to bank at BNA. We are the bank for Northeast Mississippi. We have one home, Northeast Mississippi. Seeing this local Northeast Mississippi economy thrive and helping the people of our area with their borrowing needs is our only focus. From buying a home to starting your own business, we are the team of local lenders standing ready to make your dreams a reality. BNA Bank. We are the bank of Northeast Mississippi. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Oxford, Mississippi is always at its best in the spring and summer. The sun is shining, the square is popping, and you actually now get to go back to Ole Miss Athletics events in person. What could be better? But the only way to truly enjoy everything that Oxford and Ole Miss has to offer is to make sure you're still taking care of yourself, keeping yourself safe, and that you have a pharmacy you know you can trust. Well, there's only one pharmacy in Oxford, Mississippi that can do just that. Cheney's Pharmacy a locally owned pharmacy that's been in Oxford for over 40 years, as red and blue as the rebels themselves. Cheney's Pharmacy offers prescription synchronization, immunizations, compounding, a two-lane drive-through and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time. Cheney's also accepts all third-party insurance. Cheney's Pharmacy provides the best customer service out there, hands down, it's not close. So give Cheney's a call, 662-234-7221 or go visit them at 501 Bramlett Boulevard. That's right off of University Avenue. They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday, 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sundays. You can visit them online at chaneyspharmacy.com. Make sure your pharmacy is one you can trust. Cheney's Pharmacy, much more than just a pharmacy. The Modern Woodman Phone Line. Cool. We'll talk. No big whoop. No big whoop. Where the best Ole Miss guests from far and wide drop in to talk the very latest in Rebel Sports. Modern Woodman. Let's make a difference together. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. Going now to the Modern Woodman Phone Line to speak to Henry Lartigue, former Ole Miss catcher, also of the Phillies, the White Sox, but now back at Ole Miss as a student assistant for Ole Miss baseball. Hey, buddy, what's up? Hey, Ben, how you doing? I'm good, man. How are you? How exciting is it for you to be coming back home? Uh, it's definitely exciting. You know, a new chapter in my life, but I'm I'm pretty excited about it. I, you know, love the game of baseball too much to get away from it, and uh, I just really enjoy talking the game. So this is just the path for me, I think. How did this opportunity present itself to you? Um, I'd, you know, always wanted to get into coaching. Um, I think eventually no matter how long I decided to play and I, uh, I just reached out to coach Bianco and, you know, basically told him what my intentions were and very thankful that, uh, he allowed me this opportunity for you. Why now? Why was now the right time? Um, just, you know, I'd, I'd like, like I said, I had the idea that I wanted to get back into coaching and, uh, you know, I had a little, um, injury, uh, that, you know, was kind of lingering. And so it just kind of seemed like it was the, the right time, um, to get into this profession really. 
for you, the minor league experience, what was that experience like for you? And for those guys that are about to go through that, what can you give them as far as advice? It's learning how to manage, you know, a lot of different things, uh, time, whether it's when you're playing, when you're not playing, um, a lot of people joke about it, but money as well. Cause you don't make a lot of it initially. Right. Um, and I think it's just like a kind of, in my opinion, it was a fun way to like become an adult, right? You're playing a game, you're playing a, a sport, but at the main time you're, you know, at the same time you're getting into the real world. And, uh, I don't know if I really have the perfect advice because I think the situation is different for everyone when they get in there. But, uh, in terms of from a baseball, from a baseball standpoint, no matter who's going through it, you just have to be a sponge because there's so much good information out there. Um, and you know, a lot of players before they get into professional baseball, they've, they've only been around a certain amount of coaches, you know, wherever they're travel ball coaches, their high school coach and their college coach. And you're going to experience a bunch of different coaches when you're going through minor league baseball. And so my number one advice is just, you know, be a sponge and try to take up as much information as possible. I bring it up because the last time I talked to Cogs, he gave me some uh, good advice to provide for, you know, a story that I was writing about minor leagues and him and all that kind of stuff. And he said, man, you got to be a one man business because no one else is looking out for you. You got to look out for yourself. And I've always right. asked guys that are going through it, like, is that the number one thing? Cause it seems like that's pretty dead on that. You got to be the one person looking out for yourself here. Right. Um, Cause it is a business, you know, I, uh, and I got a chance to play for a decent amount of time and you definitely see that side of it, you know, and you can't, uh, you can't blame the, you know, the sport for that because the organization's jobs are to get the best players possible to help them win a world series. Right. And so when you think of it like that, it's a lot easier to handle the things that go on. Um, but with that being said, I felt like I had my best success. And then guys that I played with over the course of my minor league career, they, um, their goal was still to try to like play as a team and win the game. Right. But there is also time to be realistic and, you know, notice that it is a business. So there is kind of a give and take in that department for sure. What kind of shock is it for a guy College baseball is a lot different. The camaraderie is different. And then you go to minor league baseball, and yes, there's a lot of camaraderie, and you make friends, and you're all in it together, but the crowds aren't the same. Those bus rides are tough. Just what kind of shock to the system is it when you first get into it? Um, I think you definitely find out quickly if you really like to play or not. I guess that's the, <laughs> that's the easiest shock you, you, you understand because, like you said, I mean, like you went to, from playing in front of 10,000 fans to maybe – 15 at some places uh and in some in some leagues and so you know you have to find your own motivation i guess would be the easiest way to describe that well i'm looking at your stats man back at old miss and it's not that long ago 2016 seems like a long time ago but it's not it's not that long ago no. do you feel like you're far removed because you've basically lived a whole another baseball life since you left old miss but it doesn't seem that long ago that you're still here at old miss Right. No, I, uh, it, I really feel like it wasn't that long. And then I start looking back at all the other players that have left now. And I realize I'm, uh, and I'm on the wrong side of, of 25. And so it seems like, I'm, you know, when you're closer to 30 than you are to 20, I guess it's, you're pretty, you're removed from college now. Yeah. Welcome to being an adult, man. Now you're really going to start to feel it pretty right. good. Yeah. Welcome to that. So I'm looking at it, like I said, and, and you're a Johnny Bench Award semifinalist. You got two catchers you'll be working with probably pretty regularly. Um, and Hayden Dunhurst is one of the very best in the country. So when you look at that position and what you can bring to it, what is Henry Lartigue, the coach, going to be like? Um, I think Henry Lartigue, the coach, is just all about, you know, making players really good at what they're or great at what they're already really good at, you know, and just – making players aware of, you know, their own game, whether that's, Hey, this is what you do well. And maybe this is what we need to get better at, not what you do bad. Right. Um, and I think that would just be, I think some of the most influential coaches to me, that was kind of their mindset or what I felt like I got out of them was they were, you know, always made me practice the thing I was really, really good or what I felt like I was really good at. 
And so, you know, I had a hundred percent confidence in that. Right. And on the flip side, there was always a little bit done on what I, I thought I could get better at. And I think that that's just really important, especially when it comes to catching, because there's many facets of catching. And so it's just always making sure that we can become well-rounded catchers. Cause uh, like you said, we have talented catchers already in the program. We always have, right. And that's just a testament to the coaching staff because they've done a really good job of that over the course of all their careers, making sure that, you know, there was just, it's really a mentality thing and there's no pitches taken off in the game because you're in every pitch, right? In that last year, you hit 353, which led all SEC catchers, also led Ole Miss and ranked seventh among all conference hitters. And Hayden, while having a good offensive season last year, could have been better. I know the game's a little bit different um, than it was five years ago. But when you try to coach offense or when you're talking about offense with guys who are trying to be better to take that next step, whatever that might be, what is the approach? What should the approach be, especially for a guy like you who is catching every single day? Um, it's a little bit more arduous for you than it is maybe other guys at different positions. The catching position and being good offensively there, what is the advice? Um, I think it I think it kind of goes player by player. You know, there's there's um, there's definitely team strategy when it comes to an offense. Right. And that can change a lot of times day to day, depending on pitcher and all those things. But I still think it similarly goes back to what I was saying about trying to develop a catcher and knowing what certain players do well. Right. Um, I tell people all the time and people laugh at me when I say this, it's like, well, when I was a junior, I didn't swing at a breaking ball until I got two strikes. <laughs> and they're like, well, you hit 350. They're like, well, you hit 350. And I was like, well, I just knew I had a feeling that that guy couldn't throw three for a called strike. Right. And so that's just, you know, and if he did, guess what? The chances are, I wasn't going to hit that breaking ball anyways. Right. And so that there's just having a belief in the fact that when you go up there, like your plan is better than that guy's plan on the mound. Right. And so I think it's a little bit of a discussion deal to figure out, Hey, what do you like to hit? Okay. Well, you know what, as a catcher, we know that guys miss their spots all the time. Right. And so at the plate, you can't just imagine that that guy's going to hit his spot every time. So get really good at hitting what you feel like you like, right? And you know what? You can try to hit that that inside breaking ball when you get to two strikes, right? You don't have to try and hit it before the. And that was just, you know, maybe a tidbit of what I felt like helped me offensively over my career. Yeah, that's a really good point because last year I felt like Ole Miss really struggled as far as reaching for pitches that were pitchers' pitches that they should be laying off of, maybe letting some balls go by earlier in counts that are good hittable pitches. And sometimes you can get in your own head about uh, what you're looking for and trying to think along with the pitcher rather than dictating the at-bat. Mm-hmm. Sure. And, you know, like I haven't, you know, had a conversation with Hayden, so it's there's no way for me to know exactly what was going on there. Um, but he's a super, t- super talented player, and I just hope that I can provide some value to him and – just, you know, in the best way possible, just, and I, he probably knows this, you know, he's, you don't get to play on the USA collegiate national team for no reason. Right. And uh, just, you know, I would, I'm sure he would be the first to tell you that uh, if he swung at only good pitches, he'd be better hitter. Right. And that's anybody. It sounds, it sounds a lot easier than it really is to do. Uh, But my first hitting coach in pro ball, First thing he said to me is, you're only as good as the pitches you swing at, right? And, you know, I feel like whenever I was struggling at any point in my career, it was probably along those same lines, right? I think everybody goes through that, and it's just trying to hone in what, you know, what approach uh, works best for you over the course of a season, right? You may have a bad weekend because you like to hit the inside fastball and you never got any, right? And But then the next weekend, you get – 15. So I think it's just a belief that your approach over time is really going to separate you um, from the pack. Shit, Henry, I'm sitting here talking like I know anything. I would be swinging at everything if I was in the box. I don't know how y'all lay off anything. (laughs) It's easier when you're sitting here than when you're in the box is what I'm getting at. All right, so how much Ole Miss baseball have you watched since you left? Uh, A pretty good amount. I I kept up with just about every team. 
really since I left for the most part, you know, anytime I had a chance to watch the games, I, I did. Um, I mean, the year I left, I still had really two years after I left, I still had teammates that I'd played with. So I watched it pretty closely. 19, their team was so, you know, was good, like really good again. So it was fun to watch. And then obviously last year, the season was cut short. And then this year the team was really good again. So I watched a lot. And so I've been keeping up actually pretty regularly. So how does Ole Miss get back to Omaha? You play postseason baseball here. So how does Ole Miss get back to Omaha? That's the big million-dollar question right now. Um, it's just belief, you know. Like, I think that all the past teams have believed that we could get there. And it's just in the moment of those games, you know, you you got to believe and perform in the in the right moments. And you get a couple things to go your way. And then all of a sudden you're back there. But I think the number one, you can't get there and, you know, you can't get there in February, right? Uh, you got to get there when the moment happens. And the only way to do that is to continue to put yourself in those opportunities, which, you know, Coach Bianco and the rest of the staff have done just a tremendous, a tremendous job of just getting the most out of their teams, right? And we're competitive every year. And as long as we're competitive, we're going to have a shot. In 2014, Ole Miss made it to Omaha. Now, you didn't play much. You appeared in 10 games. And then after that, back-to-back NCAA tournament appearances, one time you traveled to Los Angeles, the next time hosted an Oxford Regional. What is the most memorable Ole Miss moment? Um, I don't know. I have a couple. And I'm probably, you know, obviously just being a part of the team that went to Omaha, even though, like you said, didn't play a ton. But just being a part of that team was really cool because that team was special. It was led by a bunch of veteran players that, um, you know, the, the kind of the team uh, led itself, right? you know, and that was that was really cool to see just kind of as an overall memory. Uh, more individual memories, you know, I had a couple walk-off hits in, uh, in 16. Those were, you know, I'm never going to forget those. And then uh, actually the most fun I feel like I've ever had playing baseball was the SB tournament in 2016. It just seemed like our offense as a whole was rolling. And I just remember that being a lot of fun just as kind of an overall memory. Well, I bring up Omaha because it's really interesting that team and I'm not knocking it. It was a talented team, a good team, but going into the year, it didn't have the expectations of other teams. I don't think if you put right. a bunch of these teams in a hat and said, pick out the one that you truly believe is going to go to Omaha, that the 2014 team would have been the one that most people picked. So that group right. to be able to be the one to break through, What's the right mix then to be able to break through? Because y'all had full belief when y'all went to Lafayette that y'all were going to go in there and beat them. And even when you fall behind by one game, Christian Trent says, don't worry, guys, I got it on this arm. And y'all went off and beat two games in a row and you're punching your ticket. Right. Um, I, I think it's just a mixture of all facets of the game. You know, I, that team, you know, if I just try to look at that team and like, what was that team good at? I mean, they had two weekend starters at, I think won 10 games. So that's, you know, that's not a, that's not an everyday thing. So we were really good um, on the, like with starting pitching. And then from what I remember, we had about five or six arms in that bullpen that when they, when coach B handed them the ball, the game was over. Right. I mean, they handed it to whether it was Greenwood or Weathersby or Laxer or White short, like when they handed, when he handed them the ball in the seventh inning and said, finish the game, usually, the game was finished, right? And so the pitching staff was really, really good that year. Um, and then there was plenty more guys that, you know, that contributed as well on that staff. Uh, and then it was just, I think that the offense was just so experienced. Those guys had so many at-bats that we were just never out of the game, right? Those guys were so experienced and they had so many at-bats that they had so much belief when, you know, when they stepped up to the plate that, we could rattle off a crooked number this inning, right? And I think that's a that's a special attribute to a team for sure. Well, one of the last things I'll let you go, did you always expect that coaching was going to be where you landed? Um, yeah, I think so. I think once I kind of got into the nuts and bolts of like the game and where I was starting to do it every day, you know, like I played multiple sports in high school. So my my life kind of revolved. But then when I got into college, it was only baseball from, you know, the, my freshman year until now. And so I think once I, every day was baseball for me, I realized how much I just liked being around the game. And I really liked, you know, 
I think I had to progress a lot as a player. So in order to do that, it was a little bit of just me trying to look for answers and, uh, but also being around great coaches too. And so I think that that's ultimately like good coaches and trying to work through things and get better made such an impact on my career that like I, and I enjoyed that, that I'd like to do the same for other players. Well, Clem, Laugh, you, Coach Bianco, y'all are all former catchers, man. What is it about catchers that come in and they can coach? What, what's the deal? What, what, is there like a secret sauce or something? Hey, yeah, I mean, you just have to be involved in every facet of the game, right? Um, you play defense, you deal with the pitching staff, and then you got to go hit in the other half of the inning, right? So you just, I, I think that they have just the knowledge of, um, of the, entire, the entire game, right? And so, you know, you can, you can quickly adapt from one facet of the game to another to help a player. Oh, well, one more thing. I meant to ask you this earlier. So when you're entering your draft year, because there are a lot of guys like Hayden Dunhurst entering their draft year. Now, granted, there's a COVID year that they could use that for an extra year of eligibility. But most of these guys are going to be drafted after this year. When you enter your draft mm-hmm. year, is there an added bit of pressure? And how do you deal with that? Because, you know, you've been working at this moment your entire career. So to get to that moment finally – how do you not allow the moment to get too big for you? I think that uh, that some players definitely that gets into their mind. Um, for me personally, I mean, in April of 2016, I was at the accounting job fair. So <laughs> I, you know, I had, I didn't have much intentions or, I mean, I'd love, I'd always loved to, the idea of being able to play professional baseball, but I mean, I think I had maybe 80 at bats or so going into my junior year. So I, I mean, I, I had no idea that that was going to be an option for me at the time. Uh, but I think that what I would try to tell other players is because I didn't really expect it, I went out there and I played just to play, right? Played to win the game. And I know it's easier said than done, you know, if, that, if you put that pressure on yourself. But ultimately, that's the only advice that I can give because that's that was my situation, right? Is to just go out there and, and play to win and play to have fun because – most of the time you do that, the individual stats will show up. Aren't you just so happy that accountancy is not where you ended up? You'd be so bored right now, Henry. <laughs> My God. <laughs> right. He's yes, co- I'm very excited about that. Yeah, he's coaching now. Henry Lartigue, former Ole Miss backstop, now joining the team, coming back to Ole Miss as a student assistant, formerly with the Phillies and the White Sox. Thanks for doing this, man. Welcome home. Look forward to talking to you and catching up with you, and we'll do it again. I appreciate it, Ben. Thanks. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.